Welcome to episode three of the Art of Life podcast. I am your host, Matt Ian, the Koi Fish Prophet, the Sensitive Sensei. And this week, we're talking all things breathwork and psychedelics, not necessarily just the psychedelic drug, but like really defining what psychedelics actually are. And it's been a crazy week. This episode comes out on Mondays. It's actually Friday afternoon when I'm recording it. But so if you're listening to this on Monday, one week ago today, I participated in a breathwork seminar um, with Tally. And again, keep into the theme, I got an ad on Instagram. And breathwork is something I've been really drawn to, I've thought about for years. And so when this ad came up, I'm like, all right, I got to I gotta go do this. I signed up right away. And it was such a crazy experience. So this guy clearly has done a lot of uh, plant medicine and, and work with, uh, maybe not shamans, but in the plant medicine space. So I showed up to a, a hotel in Metro Vancouver, near Metro Town. And there is 280 people here. And he opens up by, you know, saying, I apologize right away. I've been doing this for years. This is the first time we've ever asked a hotel for the square footage because we have a formula to figure out how many people we can fit in here. And they included the foyer. So there's 280 of you here. It is quite squeezed, but that's what life is about. We're going to roll with the punches. And he kind of talked about, you know, he's trained with different shamans and he's been all over the world. And he talked about his experience in life. And he started off opening the ceremony with a prayer. And I've never particularly done ayahuasca. It's something I'm definitely interested in, but there are a lot of people in my circle who I care dearly about who have had experience um, with strong plant medicines like Aya. And I've heard about their experience and they've kind of shared me what it's like to be in ceremony. I've been in ceremony in other aspects outside of like the psychedelic realm, whether it's like sweat lodges and things of that nature. Uh, this man with Tally really did a great job managing the energy and space. So it was a full moon, interestingly enough, and he kind of opened up and said, release all expectations. Because how many of you guys have had experience with breath herc, Wim Hof, Halotropic, Fire Breath, Yoga, whatever? He goes, I've been doing this for years and even I don't know what to expect. I want you guys to surrender and let go and we'll see where the night takes us. Opens up with a blessing. You know, kind of talks about, you know, it's going to be three hours um, opening, answering questions, you know, he asked who's comfortable being filmed and not. And if you're not comfortable, they put a sticker in front of your yoga mat. And then you put a blanket on, you put, um, something to cover your eyes, like an eye mask. And we get into our breath work and he's got very loud music playing. And he's got like a specifically curated, uh, playlist based on the breath we're doing. And, and there's various like phases like three minutes of like chest stomach out or quick breathing or slow breathing or breathing through our stomach and through our nose and he, and he led us through this for like an hour and a bit and the music is super loud and something that like i connected for the first time ever um i am i am talking about psychedelics in this episode they are heavily stigmatized this is not any kind of ev uh, advice this is just how it's played a role in my life so He's playing like the I am music. We're like, I don't know what the instrument is, but it's got like a deep vibrational tone that I immediately recognize because when you do play in the psychedelic space, that is a, a tone, a frequency that you hear quite a bit. And so while we're doing this breath work, I started kind of hallucinating because my eyes are closed and I've got an eye mask on and I started seeing like almost like the surface of water, 
like when you run your hand through water and how the water moves. And I started seeing colors and what I can only describe as like what my neurons are doing, like flashing lights of like this blue and yellow. And as we're breathing and he's guiding us through and he's got music playing, and he's like, not just psychedelic music. At one point he played that uh, seven years song and I can tell he's also breathing on the microphone and counting us through and pushing us and telling us, keep breathing, keep breathing, keep pushing. Um, and it was such an interesting experience at one point. And like, mind you, through all this, I'm like hearing people around me like break down into tears. And I've always had this thing where like, I'm very cerebral. I'm very in my head. I'm thinking about, I want to let go. I want to let go. And you know, it's kind of like try to relax. You can't try to relax. You have to just relax. That's something I'm working on. Um, but you know, we're about halfway through and he kind of just instructed us to let go. And what came out was just this scream, um, which was shocking to me because it wasn't like necessarily intentional. It was almost like I was in this like half awake, hypnotized state, but I could hear myself screaming and it was like moving through me. I could feel my muscles tighten um, and like a blood curling scream, like to the point where like my voice was gone for a couple days and I had burst some blood vessels in my eyes, but that felt so so good to release like i truly believe like this is a space i'm going to be exploring a lot because there was no substances taken that night and just through breath work and i've done dmt once and the the experience i had with this breath work was similar maybe not as intense but that same feeling and like if you dab with psychedelics specifically like dmt and some of the heavier ones like that you understand that we in that realm we have sensory organs we don't have here like it's not hearing feeling smelling like it's something i can tell you what's happening but it's not because i hear it or see it or smell it i just know and i was getting that just through my breath and through this this ceremony that we were running through something he brought us through was kind of oh go sit with younger versions of yourself and so i did i did like in this meditative state i went and hung out with like you know seven-year-old me and i went and hung out with 12-year-old me and i like played with 12 year old me. Cause I remember being a kid and I felt like such a loser. I had, didn't have a lot of friends. I was bullied a lot. I was overweight. Like people look at my life and make the assumption. I guess I'm making assumptions and making assumptions. But my experience is people always been like, Oh, you've always had this. You've always been athlete, good looking or, or, or such and such. But like, no, I worked really, really hard to become the human I am. And something that was so cool was to go back and see young versions of me and validate them and let them know that I'm who they become and see their face light up and see that joy. Um, and like the validation to say like, I'm every version of me is proud of who I am right now. At least that's how I see it. I'm very proud of who I am as a man and, and who I am to society. And, and there's of course things that I could work on, but to go back and comfort those kids and like have that conversation, you know, with that like 14 year old kid who's just so lost and tell them like, man, it's going to get harder. And you're going to want to give up and you're not going to give up because look what you become and look what you accomplish and share some of like my fondest memories with him that he can look forward to experiencing and how healing that was for me um, to acknowledge that like I do, I do have like things that were difficult in my life. I have not had the easiest life and nobody has. We all have our like quote unquote trauma or like moved energy or stuck energy in us. But um it's so interesting because, again, it's like a perspective thing. I had a friend in Costa Rica, and something I used to always say is, like, my upbringing was so healthy, it's, like, nauseating. 
And uh, I hung out with this friend quite a bit. And one day we're at the beach and, and I hit her with a story. I don't remember what the story was, but she just looked at me and she's like, Matt, like, I met you and you told me your upbringing was like disgustingly healthy. And she's like, every time you hit me with a story, I'm like, how do you have that opinion? But because that was my opinion, that's what I believed. Which is, again, kind of tied to last week's episode. But that was just validating. I was just validating to say that I've had a hard life and that I'm proud of myself and hug younger versions of my, myself. You know, and I, I could talk about this experience a lot. It's been already, you know, nine minutes where I'm talking about this. So we're going to move on. But something I've realized, you know, over the next couple of days, you kind of still get that download. You kind of still go back and like remember what you experienced, especially because like my throat hurt and my eyes were red from like the blood vessels bursting. And I realized like, okay, I'm of the opinion that anything that can and will happen has already happened, right? This is like some deep quantum physics stuff. It's also very real in the spiritual realm, two sides of the same coin. Right, quantum physics explains like the timeline stuff, and that kind of explains clairvoyance, right? Like Nostradamus was talking about crystals being grown out of the ground in the future, which could be our skyscrapers, or it's my brain looking for patterns. I don't really know, but I do believe that anything that can and will happen has already happened, which means that I realized, you know, a couple of days after the breath work, that I can go and visit old versions of myself. I can go visit four-year-old Matt, fifty-year-old Matt, sixty-year-old Matt, seventy-year-old Matt and have conversations with them. And I think that's like, man, I feel like I hacked the matrix. I feel like when I'm like going through something hard with my business or my life or whatever, to go and like close my eyes and sit with like Matt five years from now. And just like, he's just gonna laugh. Like the business side of things have been a little bit difficult with the koi fit side. And I think like, oh man, I realized this week I went and sat with like, you know, me in five years and just laughing. He's like, bro, this is the process. Like you have to go through this to get where you wanna go and like, Enjoy it because you're going to go through it either way. So like embrace the struggle, embrace the grind. This is the story that you get to tell people. If it was just easy, it wouldn't be worth it. And like, oh, what's that like? What's 35-year-old version of, of Koi Fish Prophet like? You know, what does he look like? How does he handle situation? What's his confidence like? You know, what does he spend his time doing? You know, I think that was such a, an interesting thing that I've been working on like a lot this last week. Where like, I'm going to go hang out with an older version of myself and talk to him. Um, and I'm doing that instead of like something that like in November, I talked about on Instagram, one of the posts I made, I went through all my journals and like something that I noticed I talked about for the last 10 years is that I'm constantly distracted. I have headphones in and I'm listening to a podcast. I fall asleep to a TV show. I work, you know, I've always had, you know, not full-time jobs, but like hella jobs at places and gyms and moving from one place to another and like designing merch. And there's always something on the go which has been great because it makes me feel productive and it's validating, but it takes away the opportunity for me to get to know myself better. It takes away the opportunity for me to really feel things and think deeply and reflect. And I like taking the time this month to do that. And that's been so interesting because it's like a space where I can grow. It takes effort, but it's not the same type of effort, right? Like a workout is not the same type of effort as meditation. Both are hard, but they're differently hard. And yeah, so uh, uh, that's just such a cool realization. And I reflected a lot on like what my experience with experimenting with psychedelics were. And like I was deep into numerology when I was young, you know, on the 21st of December 2012, I was in the Mayan ruins in Tulum on, on uh, the 11th day, the 11th hour, the 2011, I was in a temple in China, like meditating with monks, you know, at 17 years old. And still, like, my most profound experience, <laughs> spiritual experience, was, like, on a couch in my apartment. Um, 
but psychedelic is not just something that comes from consumption of a mind-altering substance, right? And we take mind-altering substances all the time. Caffeine, nicotine, ADHD medication, ashwagandha, whatever. Alpha brain, nootropics, you know, creatine is a nootropic. So like everything that we consume kind of alters our state of mind, right? Psychedelics get a bad rap. And they are, you know, it's just like I talk about social media being a sharp knife. Psychedelics are a really sharp knife. Like you can cut yourself really deeply. And like, I'm never someone that says everyone should do it. I think everyone should follow their calling. But psychedelics is a strong experience, you know? It's color, sound, smell, taste, touch. Um, it creates a feeling of deep understanding and connection. Like that can be through sex, that can be through breath work, that can be through meditation, that can be through a mindful practice like fighting. Like I've had some some psychedelic experiences in fighting. Like I don't know those that have listened that have fought, but like my experience when I first learned to fight and keep my eyes open because my eyes were trained and everything slowed down and I wasn't getting hit as much. It was like that scene in Spider-Man when he wakes up and he doesn't put his glasses on. He's like, everything's in slow motion. Man, that was what I was, that was a psychedelic experience, right? Man, I have so much to say. So I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm very excited about this episode. And it's very vulnerable because I'm sharing some like, you know, things that have stigma to them that might change your opinion about me. And the mindset I've taken on is like, I want to be bulletproof. I own everything I do. My intention is always to do good. And so here I am sharing. And, you know, that breath work really brought out after the, seminar was done he asked some people to share and some people had some crazy stories and there's some people who don't have crazy stories that their pain is just as valid and we want to invalidate people's pains because like it's this contest it's this like game of poker like oh yeah like your parents got divorced well i had a liver transplant and he's like oh, i watched my parents die like whatever it could be we all have these things and our reaction our body doesn't know it just our nervous system feels it and reacts to it right pain is there to teach us something right? As like a fighter, we know, you know, when I first fought in Thailand and I like fractured my tibia, I broke my shin, that, that shit hurt. And that was there to tell me like, yo, maybe stop. My body's telling me. And like, when we feel really strong emotions, they're there to tell us something, right? Emotions are our friends. And like, that's crazy for you to hear me say it. Cause I've been super avoidant about feeling my emotions most of my life. And I've shared vulnerably a lot, but it's not been it's been kind of fake and kind of real where I thought I was being vulnerable, but there was things I was always avoiding. And it was a, a realization, you know, this year that like, man, sensitivity is a superpower. We think a lot of times we're like, I thought sensitivity was like, oh, you're so fragile. But no, sensitivity is like an ability of awareness, you know, because I use that term when I teach people stick and knife fighting, right? Your sensitivity to like where the stick is hitting and how to control or like in jujitsu when you're like, mounted by someone your sensitivity like when they shift their weight i can feel it in my body and i know oh now's the time to kip and escape or like skateboarding my sensitivity like where my feet are on the board sensitivity is not this like doesn't make you you're not sensitivity and being vulnerable or weak are different things sensitivity is your ability to feel and like not that long ago one of my really good friends we were having coffee in a garden and like chatting and he's like you know both kind of going through it and he's like yeah but like I love to be sensitive. He goes, I make a living being an artist and I can say, you know, right now I'm really down, but I know I'm on this trip in a couple of weeks and I'm going to go experience things. And, and I know I'm going to be so much more excited, right? Like, cause my sensitivity allows me to feel greater lows and higher highs. And I'm like, man, that's such a cool way to look at it. While he was in like kind of a slump, 
he was able to say, this is how I feel. And I know better days are coming and I accept this. And it just, it's sometimes like my emotions just have to move through me. There's like that analogy where I'm sitting at a, in my house and there's raining outside. There's a storm. That's what our emotions are sometimes. And like when there's a storm outside, I don't try and stop the weather because it can't, you can't stop your emotions. Right. What I do is like, some people will like go dance in the rain. Some people will like cuddle up with a blanket and a book and light a candle and you just wait for the storm to pass. Then life keeps going. And when you recognize like, oh, I've been here before, oh, this emotion will pass, right? Like that, that's a superpower and it's comforting. And you're just like, I'm just going to feel this. And you sit with this. And like, I've only come to this conclusion, you know, I've done on and off counseling and therapy for years. I've done my fair share of like psychedelic guided experiments and meditation and all these things to learn like these emotions. And some people might be listening to this and be like, Matt, I've known this since I was 12 years old. Because we all grow at different rates in different spaces. And so my emotional intelligence as far as like understanding the rest of the world developed quickly. But my emotional intelligence as far as developing myself was very slow. And it's, it's like progressing exponentially this year. And I'm excited about that. But I choose to look at my emotions as fuel, right? Like the best example is like the broken heart fallacy. Um, you will never see someone get their life quite together like someone who's like just gone through a really bad breakup, both men and women, right? Like the fallacy with the martial arts is like, you see a guy come into the gym or come in like, I just went through a breakup and they become monsters because that pain is telling you to move, right? That pain is telling you something is wrong. And that's okay. It's better that you feel the pain and know something is wrong than try and continue while not feeling the pain. You know what I mean? Like if my leg's broken, I want to know it's broken so I can take care of it. If my heart's hurt, I want to know it so I can take care of it. Where like some people don't feel their shit and then they're like 40 and then when they realize like, holy crap, I've never, never felt anything. Oh my God. And then they have this like outpouring of emotion, which to be fair, that kind of happened to me. But it's, uh, it's crazy, man. And, and really the psychedelic space is so much more than what we think it is. You know, like I've read Food of the Gods from Terrence McKenna. It's a space that really interested me, you know. Um, my first time experimenting with psilocybin, I can't remember what year it was. I must have been like 21 or 22. And I just know I was going through a really hard time in life. Um, those that were in my life at the time know what I was going through. I'm not going to get too into it. It's not my stuff to share. But I remember, like even now, when I close my eyes, I remember the memories of that time. They're in black and white. They're in black and white. And then my friend who I'd like brought up, I was like, I really want to you know, find some mushrooms. You know, I think it's time. I've been thinking about it for years. And he like just one day handed me a bag, big bag of mushrooms. Like, Here you go. And me and a bunch of friends like made some tea and stayed up all night. And like, I remember it being like on the cusp of being too much. I'm lying on the couch and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. How long is this going to last? And like just surrendering and, and riding the waves and like, we had this like hilarious joke that was funny at the time about um, we were staying at like a, a friend's Airbnb and my friend's like, oh, like when you're on mushroom, you take a shower, it feels amazing. And like while I was having this bad trip, I was joking because the lock on the door, <laughs> the lock of the door was broken. I was like, all right, go get in there and I'm going to I'm going to join you. And because we were like sensitive, it was so funny to me. I recognize I'm saying this podcast is it might not be that funny, but to us, and he was like so scared where he was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to come in the shower. We're going to grapple. We're going to do jujitsu. <laughs> and he ended up not taking a shower, but that was like, 
that humor brought me back from feeling like really uncomfortable. And that was like, oh, like, you know, if you look at comics, a lot of times they've had like pretty tragic lives. And humor is like something that helps them come back from, you know, the terrible life. And that's what I learned. And, you know, I, we stayed up all night laughing and talking and I watched the sun come up. I watched the sun come up on the balcony. I was like, wow, the world is beautiful. And then I'm going to bed and I had a dream that <laughs> we were like a bunch of us in Airbnb. So I didn't get a blanket, but I stole a fitted sheet and I used that. So I, I like kind of wrapped up like a cocoon. And uh, I dreamt that I was talking to a cloud. And this was like the first download of faith I ever had. Where like, it's exactly what I always say, like the universe is on your side. Like you have a, had, a, you have chosen a very hard life. Whether you want to look at that as like just the things I choose to do with my life or like a metaphysical thing where like I chose this before I came here. I chose a really hard life, but it's important to me to make a difference and help people. And I'm always trying to do good. And with that, the universe is on my side. That was kind of like, I came out of that, you know, the next morning feeling way better. Feeling like, oh, the world is beautiful. Not seeing black and gray anymore. And, you know, almost like I found my faith that night which was kind of like a really crazy experience, but, you know, and, and I remember telling one of my mentors about this experience and he immediately told me, you know, I'm like 20, 21, 22. And he's like, you have to be very careful how you speak about this and who you share this with, because this might be the path for you. It sounds like it's the path for you, but this is not the path for everyone. And the way you speak is very seductive and and it'll make people try and emulate your path that's not for them and you might send people down dangerous paths because of the way you speak you have to be responsible like speaking is casting spells especially when you speak with such conviction and passion and we see that all the time all over the world where people are like super passionate about something and like when you really break down what they're saying on paper you're like oh this person's a moron but it, it's hard not to get encapsulated in that passion and um it made me realize like yeah like you know, there's so many people whose lives I've judged because I'm like, oh, you just did the safe thing. You just did this. And I'm certain that they also now look at my life like I would never want to do what Matt does. And at the end of the day, if you're like not hurting people and you have good intentions and, and you're satisfied, you don't have to be happy. You like live the life you want. At the end of the day, we all kind of live the life we want, right? Because you get to choose the, the pain of staying the same or the pain of transforming. And until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of transforming, we stay the same. And if it's not being painful for you to stay the same, then you're not going to change. And so you're kind of content, right? Like we all kind of build the bed we sleep in. Yeah, lots on today's episode, lots of breath work, lots of what psychedelics is, lots of like that deep faith that I learned through this experience. I appreciate you guys listening to me. We're getting better every, every week and um, getting better equipment. You know, I'm going to get some ear monitors so I can actually listen to myself. I'm learning to edit. So it's coming. If you guys enjoyed this episode, if you know anyone that would find value in this, please share it with them. And please rate it five stars. That helps me tremendously. I am trying to blow this up. I want to reach as many people as possible and help inspire and empower them. And so if you did find this useful, you know, please rate it. If you didn't, don't give me bad reviews, please, because that kind of hurts. Just, uh, just leave it be. I appreciate you guys. I will see you guys next Monday. And as always, we are ending with a quote. So the quote I have today is, what we call reality is in fact nothing more than a culturally sanctioned and linguistically reinforced hallucination. This is a Terrence McKenna quote. And that to me is such a powerful quote.
Because what he talks about is like, reality is based off consensus. Laws are based off consensus. We all agree these are the laws, so that's what they are. We all agree that we're going to drive between the lines and this is our driver's like. Things only can agree, like we, we create our world around us. And so what's real and what's normal is dictated by what we as a society agree upon. And we force hallucinations, right? Like hallucinations. We see things, but like, how do we know to go upstairs the way we do? It's because we were taught that, right? But if you can put yourself in a space where you dropped into a planet or a reality, you grew up in a reality where stairs didn't exist. And the first time you saw stairs, would you really walk up them with two legs? Or would you cry? Would you crawl up them? Like, this is true about everything, right? Like, um, everything that we accept in life is super weird. It's just we're used to it. So ending off with that quote, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys next Monday.